For many people, especially women, this season can be a time of pain, a time when the virgin and the elderly become pregnant with a child. For those of us who suffered a loss or have struggled to conceive, it's a tender subject. Many of us experience the blend of sorrow and hope, grief and joy, pain and love, and nothing I can say can really make any of that better. But it's important to honor it. For it is in the midst of Elizabeth's grief that a thrill of hope enters in. And it echoes in the song that we hear today. In Luke's gospel account for today, Mary races straight from the Annunciation, straight away after receiving the news from the angel that she would bear a son. Mary goes to Elizabeth. Why? Why does Mary rush to see Elizabeth? Why does a young virgin go to see a formerly barren elderly woman? To learn how to give birth? No. What is the rush? What is the urgency? Mary's eagerness to see Elizabeth is her connectedness, her sense of shared destiny in this miraculous motherhood. The connection is further underscored when Mary arrives and the baby John leaps in his mother. Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Spirit and she prophesies. Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me, that the mother of my Lord comes to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in me leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. Elizabeth offers confirmation of what the angel has already told Mary. She offers both joy and praise. And it's interesting to note here that at this point, the traditional bearer of truth, the traditional head of the household, the traditional person who speaks for God, Zechariah, the priest, is silent. Remember in the temple when the angel came to Zechariah and said, your wife Elizabeth will bear a son. And he will be a prophet that brings back the rebellious. And Zechariah doubted. And for his doubt, he was silenced. He could speak nothing until the fulfillment of what the angel foretold. Contrast Zechariah's, how can I be sure, with Elizabeth's, how kind the Lord is. Elizabeth, we hear, is filled with the Holy Spirit and prompted to prophesy, to offer Mary the assurance that all will be as the angel has said. Zechariah's doubt led him to be silenced. Elizabeth's praise leads her to prophesy, and Mary's response goes even further. Elizabeth's praise of her leads Mary to offer glory to God. And Mary takes Elizabeth's words and she sings a song in response. Now, perhaps it makes me a bit of a curmudgeon. Because although I find the song, Mary did you know, to be very musically beautiful, 
it leaves me wanting to respond, yeah. Yeah, she did know. She sang a song about it. Now, to be fair to the song, Mary probably didn't know or imagine that her son would one day walk on water. But she did very much know that he would save our sons and daughters. And she knew that he would deliver her. Mary proclaimed, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. Mary rejoiced in her Savior, for he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Mary is not reflecting here on her own personal lowliness or affliction. The words here that Mary states are echoing Hannah, who longed for a child and promised a Nazarite vow. They reference Leah. Leah, who became pregnant and gave birth to a son she named Reuben, for she said, it is because the Lord has seen my misery. Mary's words reinforce the longing for deliverance cried out for in Deuteronomy. Then we cried out to the Lord, the God of our ancestors, and the Lord heard our voice and saw our misery, toil, and oppression. Mary's words echo the words of the prophet Samuel. About this time tomorrow, I will send you a man from the land of Benjamin. Anoint him ruler over my people Israel, and he will deliver them from the hand of the Philistines. I have looked on my people, for their cry has reached me. The affliction Mary references in her song isn't connected with childlessness as an individual. The affliction she references is the specific childlessness, the specific lack of one child, the Messiah, the Deliverer. Daughter Zion, the woman Israel, is here personified, and then Mary is understood to have her long lack met. Mary can say, surely from now on, all generations will call me blessed because she knows that the turning point in human history is made right now in her womb. Yes, indeed, she can say, for the mighty one has done great things for me and holy is his name. For while Mary's situation and experience are unique, as the Theotokos, the God-bearer, her experience resonates and echoes with the deep history of Israel's experience of God's saving intervention. Mary's experience of bearing God is unique and a far more intimate bond. And yet Mary is the first who experienced the salvation that is for all Israel, and indeed, for all people. Mary goes on to extol that the promised redemption is for all time. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. The language moves from Mary's individual experience to express what has been accomplished for all Israel. 
He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and his descendants forever. Mary was a prophet. She knew. She knew that the hopes and fears of all the years were met in the child that she carried. She knew that this one act of God's mercy was bringing all of human history to fruition. Mary knew that already and not yet, by the birth of her son, God had shown forth the strength of his arm. He had scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts, and already and not yet, he had brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. And already and not yet, he has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich empty away. Mary knew. And imagine if we did too. Imagine if we, like Mary, consented to be God-bearers, ones who bring forth God. Now Mary's experience is unique. No one again will become pregnant with God. But this was a first fruit of all the ways that God can be born into the world. What if when confronted by the promises of God, we didn't doubt or fear? What if we consented to be like Elizabeth and rejoice to behold what God is doing in the world? What if rather than keeping silent, we were moved to sing? What if, like Elizabeth, we proclaimed when we saw God at work in the lives of others? What if we look for God at work? What if, like Mary, we consent to let God work in us what is pleasing to him? What if we stop asking God to do what we want and look instead for ways to glorify God? What if we magnified the name of the Lord? You see, I believe that all of our lives are pregnant with possibility. There are unnumbered ways that each of us can bring glory to God and unnumbered ways that each of us can bear the image of Christ. Within the body of the Christ, the church we can bring forth more God into the world. What if we can be like Mary and be a people who knew, who know that God, the work of God is alive within us and the promised salvation is at hand. Now, if you need a catchy song to sing, perhaps instead of Mary, did you know Try from now on from the greatest showman. It's, it's actually better theology, shockingly. And from now on, his eyes will not be blinded by the light. From now on, what's waited for tomorrow starts tonight. It starts tonight. And let this promise in me start. Like an anthem in my heart from now on. From now on. And then there's this huge chorus of people stomping their feet and they all shout, and we will come back home, and we will come back.
back home, home again. Let's rejoice to behold home again. Because home is God with us. But like Mary, we have work to do. There is a labor that must begin. In our collect today, we prayed, purify our conscience, almighty God, by your daily visitation, that your son, Jesus Christ, at his coming, may find in us a mansion prepared for himself. We have a mansion within our hearts that needs to be swept clean and ready for Christ to indwell. But let's not just stop at the nesting phase of getting our own heart and home ready for the babe of Christ. Let's undertake the hard effort to with blood and sweat and tears and with joy make way the way of the Lord. Let us be bearers of Christ in our own day to a generation that so desperately needs to hear him, to know him, and to know how very much he loves you. Let's not let the good news stop with this generation, for it is from generation to generation. What's waiting for tomorrow starts tonight. Let the promise start. Sing an anthem in your heart. From now on, we are home again and at one with God because God dwells with us. From now on, let's bear that message. Starts tonight at 7. And tomorrow again at 5 and at 7 and at 10.30. Don't miss the message 